Kales. And I'm Allison. And this is YBYA. Welcome to YBYA, a podcast for readers. I am Kales. I'm a booktuber and bookseller. And I'm Allison. I'm a librarian and a general enthusiast. So we know what we're talking about. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> I think, I, you know, it's, it's funny that we say that, and I really feel like that a lot of YA readers would feel like that they know what they're talking about when it comes to YA, um, but we try and give our pr- credentials to make us seem that we're important and we actually have credentials. Something happened the other day. Oh, I was listening to my brother, my brother and me, and Griffin uh, on that podcast. Which he, if you're not listening to, you should be. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, he did an ad for V.E. Schwab's books. And he was like, I've never heard of these before. And I was like, what? Uh, what do you mean you've never heard of E. Schwab? And then I was talking to my husband and I was like, yeah, he's never heard of E. Schwab. And he was like, Alison, no. Like you have such a skewed perception of what people should and shouldn't know about books, which is very true. So, so we are experts. So we're, we're experts with a lowercase e. <laughs> Sounds great. More so than Griffin McRoy. So we read... A book in the month of May. It yeah. was the same book. Our buddy read it for May. What? No. April? It's April. It's April. Where are you? You said May. Oh, I did? Yeah. Oops. That was your fault. My bad. Just kidding. April. It's not May yet. Um, We read Scythe by Neil Schusterman. And I would say that it was absolutely better than the books we've been reading recently for this why are you shrugging? I didn't like it as much as you did, I don't think. Okay, but it was better than uh, the inevitable Victorian thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. So but I put it on the same plane as, like, My Lady Jane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, I also liked My Lady Jane. Oh, jeez. But, but that's what I'm saying. The previous two months, we read books that we were very upset with. That is fair. I'm not... Ups- you are not upset with this book, are you? I just said I was Okay. Well... Kills, what was your star rating for this book? Three out of five. Okay. I gave it a four out of five. Uh, of course you did. Uh, that was such an accusatory I'm just teasing. Okay. Would you like to talk about... Oh, by the way, spoilers, obviously. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. When we do our buddy read reviews, there are spoilers. Um, and we're going to do a podcast episode about how we don't care about spoilers. I almost want to make a podcast that's just called Spoilers, where, like, we just talk about books openly and nobody gives a crap. Yeah, but that's like every review podcast. Yeah, I know, but I like the idea of a spoilers podcast. I don't know why, but I think that's marketable and fun, but doesn't matter. Anyway, that's not happening or coming anytime soon under the YWYA umbrella. Anyway, that being said, there will be spoilers for this book. Scythe is about a society that is the human race has defied death and figured out the key to immortality. However, to control the human population growth, there are these members of society called scythes that kill people permanently. Yes. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, So basically, this is a utopian society where there is no government, there is no um, human corruption possible in, like, the upper echelons because it's all run by this thing called the Thunderhead, which is this... Computer. AI. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you expect, because you're reading a book about an AI that's controlling the world, you expect the AI to, like, go crazy and be bad. That doesn't happen in this book. At least not yet. The second not book yet. is called The Thunderhead, though. So. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't happen yet, but that was kind of refreshing. Um, but anyway, so... The AI does intercede, though, which was an interesting development that went nowhere. 
Yeah. You can still be injured and whatever, but everyone has these little nanite robots in their body that, like, heal you. Or if you actually die, they call it being deadish, and you're sent to a revival center where you're brought back to life. Um, So the only people who can permanently kill anyone are scythes, and so they glean people. Right, uh, that's what they call it. They don't even call it murder. Based on statistical probability, or some of them just enjoy killing massive amounts of people. Yeah, so this book centers around... Two young teens who, Rowan and the girl's name I can't remember. Citra? Oh yeah, it's Citra. Citra and Rowan. And they are taken on as apprentices of one scythe. And he, there's never been two apprentices by one scythe before. And basically they get pitted against one another. Yeah, so he takes them both on, um, not with the intention of pitting them against one another, but then the... Some other scythes who have ulterior motives uh, create a situation in which only one of them can live, which is typical. Um, it's like The Crown's Game or... Night Circus. Yeah, it's all, like, yeah, there's so many books where there's two apprentice-type people who have to kill each other. I mean, that's such And a, then they fall in that's love. That's a huge trip. Yeah. Which I thought was underdeveloped and stupid. Let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. So, um, Citra and Rowan start off not knowing each other at all. No. Their apprenticeship is in a year long. They live together for, like, four months. It's four months. With the first scythe, who then apparently commits suicide, which is the only way scythes can die. Which actually isn't true. He doesn't actually commit suicide. He just... Disappears. Disappears so that he can retire. Um, so then they get split up between, um... Scythe Curry. Scythe Curry, who is, like, the grand dame of death, I think mm-hmm. is what they call her, because she was the person who gleaned the president his, his entire cabinet, which, I want that story. Yeah, I do, too. Um, <laughs> first No, I do, too. I want the revolution story. This yeah. alternate world is not necessarily something... I mean, it's great, but at the same time, I would love to read what happened when humanity discovered immortality and how the government got wiped out. Because you get you get snippets of it from Curry's journal, like, talking about how, um, at one point in time, the Scythes decided that they wanted to only glean mortals. Yeah. Like, when the transition started happening, and, like, about that whole revolution and how they had to fight against that. That history just sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, it's really cool. So, um, Citra goes with, uh, Curry... And Rowan goes with Goodard. Yeah. Um, and Goodard is, like, this crazy dude who thinks that he's revolutionizing sites. And he only does mass gleanings where he, like, goes on a plane and kills everyone on the plane. Or goes into a research facility and kills everyone in the research facility. And he's emulating a plane crash, a research facility blowing up. And yeah. that's something that what's funny is I actually... I really appreciated the fact that this book thought about death in a variety of ways and what it meant and how loss and the idea of mortality is at its core, this idea of being human and what you do with your life now that you know that you can't die. And I actually really liked Goddard's method early on. It sounded, it was funny to me how appealing it was at the beginning. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that, like, some scythes are assigned to, like, mass gleanings to emulate a, a, yeah. a plane crash. And then other ones are assigned to, like, 
heart attacks. And that's how I thought it was at first. And then as I kept writing, I was like, oh, that's not how the system is set up. Yeah. I had just misunderstood. They're not assigned anything. Right. He's just deciding to commit mass murder. Right. And that's where I had messed up. Yeah. I thought they were, like, assignments. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, no, they were choosing it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's, no. <laughs> that's creepy. Yeah. So, um... So, back to the romance, just for this... Oh, sorry, yeah. ...specific second. Well, I mean, I was off course, too. Um, so, Citra and Rowan, like, before they move apart, they, like, it's very subtle, the, like, building the relationship. Like, they're, like, there's not... They don't have, like, intense moments together. They don't have anything. They have, like, one kiss, I they think. They kiss and, once. And then Citra was, like, just to get it out of the way, you know? Which I, I liked that, though, because I think she was, like, you know, she said... The way it was presented is they kissed once and she said there, now it's done, and now we can move on um, from the tension that they had. But they also said specifically, like, I'm not in love with you, and I'm not, I refuse to be. Because they know that they have to kill each other. I mean, so I think it's refreshing from this kind of story standpoint where you have the people pitted against each other, and they will fall in love. There's nothing else that's going to happen, right? Um, At least trope-wise. But they still do. They do, but it's like not obvious. Like, it's, it's... I thought it came out of nowhere. I just was like, I would have been much more content with them being friends instead of him being like, I love you at the end. I was like, I don't... I didn't... I didn't quite buy that as much. Um, I would have much preferred the friendship portion of it and then maybe romance developed later. I just don't think that the I loved you was needed at the end. Um, for me, it was something that I liked their relationship as apprentices, and I liked how different they were, and how, you know, even when originally they weren't pitted against each other, they still felt kind of pitted against each other, because they were still vying for the scythedom yeah. spot, just not their lives, and I I liked them both as characters, I'll be honest. Um, like, when Rowan killed Goddard... I think I like Rowan better. Than Citra. Like, like I like them both, but, like, I want to read more about Rowan. I do, too. Like, when Rowan killed Goddard, I was so happy. Yeah, I was so into it. Because I was like, yes! Like, that's what I want. I just, I loved that he kind of rebelled and brought about his own path. And that's why I was really happy that their original scythe was still alive and that Curry knew about it and that, like, there was this alternate path yeah. for Rowan to go down. And so Citra can fight it from the inside and now he can fight it from the outside. Him being Scythe Lucifer at the end was the coolest thing to me. Yeah, so basically um, Rowan is apprenticed by this horrible person. Yeah. And I, I had the same thing at first where I was like, I kind of agree with Goddard's logic with a lot of things. And then I was like, and then, so, and I think you're supposed to. I think, like, in Goddard's perspective, in the little journal entries, you're supposed to be like, I mean, that makes sense, or whatever, but maybe his messages aren't great. And then they, like, ab- immediately talk about um, how this, like, complex that he's got has, like, how it's detrimental to the world and how it reflects a lot of our current society's issues, and then you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I really like that it made you kind of sympathize with someone who's so bad and then, like, self-reflect and realize that you're sympathizing because, like, for me, sympathizing because we live in a world where 
those things happen and yeah. that kind of thing. So, um, but, but Rowan's character, he, he gets taken on by this horrible person and he feels himself kind of going down this dark path. And then instead of just letting it happen, because that's the easy thing to do. He embraces it. He embraces it in a way that allows him to, sup- like, um... Support his cause. Yeah, support, like, a, a better cause. He becomes very vigilante at the yeah. end of it. And I was down. I was so yeah, down Yeah, he for becomes him. a vigilante. And then he's, at the very end, he's referred, he does not become a scythe. Um, he gets spirited away by Faraday, who is their original mentor. And he is referenced again by um, Scythe Anastasia, who is Citra, uh, being Scythe Lucifer, like a rogue killer of corrupt scythes. Which I think is great. Which is so cool. And it makes me want to, like, do you think you're going to read the next book? No. See, it makes me want to read the next book, because I don't know... I love the whole idea of I just let these legends go. You know what I mean? In my head, I was really... I wasn't satisfied with this book in terms of that's why it like, got a three out of five stars for me. Cause I was like, I liked it period. Like that's it. That's really how I feel about it. It's just kind of like, eh. and um, it wasn't even like the, it's okay. And eh. I was like, I liked it. That's about it. All I have really to say on it. Um, which is hard for me when I don't have a strong opinion either way for a book. Um, it almost makes me like it less if I don't have a strong opinion either way. Um, cause it's not memorable for me. Yeah. The biggest thing for this book that was memorable to me and why I would want to continue reading the series was actually not even the characters, not even really the plot, but the world and the depth and the analysis behind it. Like, I feel like truly what makes me think when, when people are going to talk to me about Scythe, what I want to talk about is this examination of mortality and immortality and achievement and how does that affect humanity yeah because one of the things that i find really interesting is rowan's friend who is a splatter which what that means is that they that is someone who throws themselves off of buildings knowing that they can get revived and they go do it for the thrill of the fall yeah knowing that they'll survive and that i found so interesting of all these different methods people took and how complacent some people feel. And because, and also I just read Circe by Madeline Miller, which is about the goddess Circe, who is also immortal. And that was another book that really examined this idea of time, you know, cause Madame Circe is old. Madame Curry. You mean. Curry. Sorry. Circe is the book I just read, but Madame Curry is old. Yeah, she's like 250 or something. That's like that. what I'm saying though, is that what do you do when you're given that amount of time and you become godlike in that sense? And how does that affect your humanity? And that's why I liked Goddard's side of it and why I liked Curry and how, you know, how are all these different people living their lives and, you know, Rowan's family not necessarily caring about him because they have all this time and they, they all have these, all these children, all these children. And it's like, whatever. And you become careless because your mortality has gone. It just was that to me, was something I don't find is examined in YA a lot. Yeah. And that's what stood out to me the most about this book, which is probably why I didn't give it a two star was because I actually found myself thinking a lot about this book and the concepts it was bringing to the table and the themes, but not necessarily the characters or the story itself. Yeah. So that was the whole thing with Goddard that was really intriguing to me is he, his whole deal was, um, people aren't living like his, like he went about it in this really crazy way with killing create he was he's just a psychopath in a world without psychopaths 
because nobody nobody even knows what the word murder means anymore because if you kill someone they just get brought back to life and it's fine. Exactly. Um so and his whole deal was like you need to experience things to be alive. And so mm-hmm. he like turned off um the pain receptors and everyone who follows him like they they had these nanites that re- that are just like full of opiate and they don't nobody feels any pain really. Um, so he turns those off and everyone so that they actually feel pain when they're training and there's actual consequences for things. And that was really interesting because he is, I agree with him that the world without pain or loss or suffering, um, isn't real. Yeah. It's an illusion. I mean, there's no, like, what makes us human, those things make us make us human. Well, wasn't Curry trying to do the same thing of people who are just, like, done? Yeah, so she went about it in a different way. Yeah, so talk about that first, and then I want to ask a devil's advocate question. Okay, so Curry went about it. The way she chose the people she was gleaning was she was looking for signs of stagnation. People who were done living, even though they kept on living, because everyone's immortal. Um, People who needed... Who had completely given up on life, who had no... Um, reason to keep going. They just did because it was a, like what they did. A root thing now. Well, do you think, though, that she was just killing people that were bored? I mean... Because that was the hard part that I found, is that, like, originally I agreed with her and I was like, oh, that's a really cool method for picking people, but then I was like, I just feel like you're just giving giving people who are bored... Because in my head, the idea of immortality... And I don't necessarily know in this this society, but if I had that, I would spend my time learning and developing skills for everything. Like, I would take the next 50 years and learn how to master the piano, or I would learn, you know, how to dance, point ballet, or something like that. Because you can, because that was the other thing, is that not only did you, like, live forever, but your body could regenerate yeah. like you were a time lord. And to me... That's something that I would have taken as a gift to be like, I'm going to learn all these things and develop these skills. But then do you think that people just got bored and that's why she killed them? Well, so they they kind of address that and they say, you know, like um, when they're talking about Citra and Rowan going to the school, mm-hmm. they say, you know, it's just habit now that people go to school. Like nobody needs to know anything because the Thunderhead knows everything. Oh, I think that's what I missed is the Thunderhead knowing. And you can just look into it. Yeah, yeah. you can just... Tell, ask the Thunderhead and it'll tell you everything. So there's no, it's the same, it's like the same reason, but like, you know, multiplied by a million when people were like, oh, calculators. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like people aren't going to know the math. Mm-hmm. And like, no, I don't know the math. I can use a calculator. Um, but it's, so it's the same thing times a million. Like people don't need to know anything because the AI knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so I, I think in a, in a hypothetical, what you're saying would be true. You know, people would take time to master things, but in a real in reality, which is what this is attempting to you know reflect, I don't think people would. I think yeah. people would. Some people would. Yeah. Definitely, some people would because some people have the motivation, but I think other people would just like literally stagnate. Like they would go to work for some reason. They would come home and eat. And they would do nothing. And part of me thinks, um, I like Curry's method because if those people are just bored, they're probably never going to be anything but bored. Mm Because there's no, 
there's no incentive to be anything but bored. There's no threat of death. There's no threat of, like, sadness or loss. Um, I mean, I guess the worst that could happen is their spouse leaves them, but they have hundreds of thousands of years <laughs> to make it up. Like, so yeah, I mean, I think her method was kind of cool. I also really liked Faraday's method. I did too. I actually found his monk-like attitude to the whole scythem very um, interesting and very compelling to his character and to... I think it was a great introduction to the scythedom. Um, I think Neil Schusterman picked the perfect apprentice, or the perfect uh, mentor, excuse me, to introduce us into how that system works. Yeah, because Faraday's method was taking mortality statistics from the mortal age, when everyone actually died, and following them. So he, like, the one of the first gleanings that we see is one of Rowan's classmates, and he, Faraday explains why he gleaned the kit. He said he just got a new car, he um, drinks to excess, and was that it? There was something and about it, the and driving. His age, yeah. And his age. And he was a teenager or whatever. And he was like, so these three factors, um, looking into these three factors, we get this percentage of the population. And so that's many, how many people I will kill who have those factors. Well, that's what I thought was really interesting when he assigned Rowan to pick that first guy and, like, made Rowan go about in this systematic statistical method of picking someone next to Glean. And it was like, he has to have... He has to be a male, ages this to this. He has to have had a recent heroic thing that he d- did. He has to live in this area and da 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 Like, I found that really interesting. But then it brings up the question of, like, can death be that mathematical? Like, does that take the mystery and the beauty away from it, I guess. Well, I think the the argument that Faraday would give you is that there is no mystery and beauty, beauty in death anymore because... People don't die. People don't die. And so he, he, he approached his job in the most statistical, like, cold way possible. Like, he wasn't cold to the people he was killing. He was actually very kind to them. He specifically chose methods based on how, he, why they were being chosen... Um, he made exceptions for certain things, but his method was completely removed from emotion. And I think that was partially because how do we choose who gets to live and die? Um, and partially to save him from having made a choice based on something. And and that's something the Scythem specifically states is there you're choosing who to die without malice or bias. Yeah. And that's impossible unless it's super clinical. Yeah. Which is what I think they tried to do, but then the Ten Commandments are so well-written from an author standpoint, um, poorly written from a government standpoint. Yeah. um, In terms of the fact that there are loopholes to... Everything. Everything. And I love that Schuster put them in there and phrased them the way that he did. His diction that he used in that was great. Um... But I think, like I said, you know, the world building, the examination of mortality, those are the things I really enjoyed and appreciated about this book. Honestly, like, a lot of the times the characters, I I thought they were fine. Rowan I did like better than Citra. You know, the mentors were fine. The the story plot was fine. I also knew how they were going to survive. It sounds so dumb, but I was like, okay, I know that they're not going to kill each other. Well, yeah, you, you, know, you she's can gonna... assume easily that they're not 
They're going to find a loophole. No, but I knew that they were, yeah, I knew it was going to be immunity with the ring. I didn't necessarily know she was going to punch him and get his blood on there, but I knew. I was like, they're going to get the ring somehow um, involved. And and I knew that the minute that Faraday was alive, that was going to be... I thought it was funny, though, when Citra shot him. Um, <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? Um, I thought that was funny. Um, you know, I... I I don't think I'll continue with the rest of the series. I don't think I'm not enough. I'm not invested. I, I kind of just like the lore in my head of like Scythe Anastasia going to fight from within and Scythe Lucifer going to fight from the outside. And it's just lore to me. I don't necessarily know if I need more because I think what I liked the least about this book was the AI and the interference and the weird ass dreams that Citra had when she was unconscious. I don't quite understand. And maybe because I just came off of a really strong AI book series with Illuminae Files. Mm -hmm. I don't know. that I hate that we didn't even get, like, an ounce of explanation and that it was really just a teaser for the next book. I, I, I think I will continue the series. I probably won't, like, jump into the next book immediately. I wasn't so into it that I'm, like, have to get the next one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and they left off, like you said, like, they left off at a point where you could be happy with this. Yeah. You could, this could be standalone. Um, but I, I am actually really intrigued with the AI. I want to know more about it. And I want to know, it, it can't be infallible. Like, there's no way. So right. I want to, I want to see where its flaws are. So we saw, this book was all about the flaws of the only system in the world that's not controlled by the AI. The only system in the world that's still governed by human minds. Um, I don't, I haven't read the description of the second book. Um, I'm kind of hoping... I didn't even read the description of this one, actually. I jumped in cold. I read... Yeah, I think I read the, like, commandment description on the back, but I didn't read the, the, um, what's it called? The jacket cover. Yeah. Um, but... I hope that so the second book is called Thunderhead. So I'm hoping that we get to see the internal workings of that because there are people like that showed up at the very end, like Nimbus agents and um, all these kind of individuals that work for this AI. And the AI is revealed to you weirdly slowly. I kind of wish we had heard, knew this at the beginning, but the AI isn't just like a computer brain that sh sends you stuff. Like it talks to you yeah. and it, it, has opinions and whatever. Um, so I'm hoping in the second book we get a little bit more about that. I could kind of care less about Citra, like, calling Citra more. I would love if it was just a book about Rowan, like, being a badass. That would be cool, <laughs> but it won't happen. I know. I know it's not going to happen, but uh, that would be kind of great. Um but yeah, so I think, I mean, I'll read it. I just don't, I'm more, I'm not going to read it like the second. Well, in all in all, I think that it was, it's definitely at the top of my list. It's not the worst one that we've read this year yet. It's probably, like I said, on par with Lady Jane. Um, I think Lady Jane was more like, oh my gosh, I really liked this part, da, 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 but I had other troubles with Lady Jane. I just mean, both of them are fine. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think, I think for me, Lady Jane is above this one. They got the same star rating for me, but Lady Jane was above this one just because um, it actually had, like, viable relationships in it, and I live for that shit, so, um, so I this, agree. this one I like, this, I was surprised by how much I like this book 
partially because the lack, complete lack of actual romance. Yeah, there was no romance. Like, hardly. The, there was, like, what, whatever, like, feelings that existed. Yeah. And, like, a lot of protectiveness of each yes. other. But... Which I appreciated. Yeah. And I could have... I wouldn't even have been that surprised if that became a sibling-type relationship instead of a romantic relationship, like you were saying. I'm fine with it being a romantic relationship. Um, I do like the line where he was like, I love you, and she was like, same, now get out of here. Yes. Like, that was pretty great, because she just punched him in the face, and he she, yeah. like, gave him all these knives to, like, escape. I liked that a lot. But... I'm hoping it's a sibling, but the way that he thinks about her, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it could be. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, I think right now, for rating, it sounds like that My Lady Jane is still the best one we've read, then Scythe, then Tempest, then that inevitable Victorian thing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And I think... We don't know what we're going to do next. Um, I Yeah, I would say this one is definitely worth a read if you're... Yeah. Because it's, it's... Honestly, it's a pretty unique world. Yeah, I think so, too. I definitely... I would recommend this one. Like, yeah. this is one that I would be like, here, and I would put this in someone's hand. Like, Inevitable, inevitable Victorian thing, I'm not going to put in someone's hands. Tempest and Slaughter, I'm only going to say to people, read unless you, like, are in love with Tamora Pierce. Um... And then, but My Lady Jane and Scythe, I would put in people's hands. So next month, for the month of May, because this was April. That's right. <laughs> I know my months. I used to teach preschool. We sang a song um, set to the Adams Family, or was that the days of the week? Doesn't matter. But for the month of May, we're going to be reading Daughter of the Pirate King by Trisha Levenseller, which is really exciting because the second book, Daughter of the Siren Queen, is coming out, and uh, Trisha is going to be on a panel at... Uh, bookstore I work at and it'll be really fun to ask her questions and you know get to read her book beforehand yeah and a lot of we've seen I've seen a lot of people loving this book yeah it's got a four out of five stars on average on Goodreads like even four out of five so yeah so that's pretty awesome yeah I'm excited I have just now marked it want to read on Goodreads (laughs) so yeah we'd love to have you guys join us for May if you read Scythe uh, with us in April, let us know on social media. You know, comment on our website at ybya.weebly.com. Reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts and share with you uh, oh, also, what you think. If we're, uh, if we're not just shouting into the ether, could you leave us a review on iTunes? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> we would love it. Like, you know, so we, we know that you're listening. Or tweet about us. Or yeah. post on Instagram or something, because... We would love to inter- engage with you guys a little bit more. Yeah, we love the love. Um, so yeah, leave us five stars on iTunes. Write a review. Um, you know that algorithm is uh, really odd. So su- yeah. subscribe. Leave a review. Five stars. That'd be great. And yeah, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. And by see, I mean you'll hear us next Wednesday. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Now go read the thing. Bye.